Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Hoop Chatter. As always, it's your boy, Art Morrison III, with my boy, Kevin Tarka, and Rob McPherson. And this is episode 21 of Hoop Chatter. And as always, being the agent on the podcast, the talent acquisition, Kevin Tarka <laughs> comes with another, yet another very special, awesome, super dope guest. Kevin, can you please tell us who is on the podcast with us today? Absolutely. Very excited to have a good friend of mine, another Quinnipiac Bobcat alum on the podcast, Sam Guestella. So quick, quick intro for, for those who are listening who might not know who, who Sam is, is she's a Jersey native from uh, played at Red Bank Catholic and uh, then played four years at Quinnipiac. She's an overseas pro. Uh, then she came back to the States and she started her coaching career and worked her way up. And now she's an assistant at LaSalle. So, Sam, we're super Dope. excited to have you on board. Thanks so much. I'm so excited. Of Insert hand claps for that <laughs> intro. I tried. <laughs> really awesome stuff. So, Sam, first of all, I want to thank you for diversifying our podcast. We sure. get very male men's basketball biased on here. Um, and I made it my mission after Kobe Bryant passed away that I would uh, care more about women's basketball. So I'm Love very it. excited to dive deeply into your career and uh, everything that Tarka just mentioned. And thanks so much for being on. Yeah, I'm excited to hold it down for, for the ladies. Love so, it. so, first dope. question who's better, you or Tarka? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Answer wisely. We come with a different skill set. Love it. <laughs> yes. The high road, just like Tarka. Tarka always takes the high road. Yeah, right. yeah, I taught her well. That is great. Quinnipiac skill there. Um, but seriously, what, what position did you play? Um, or what position are you? So, yeah. So growing up, um, I was like kind of a late bloomer growing wise. So I was like a fifth grade little point guard chunky little thing and then stretched out um grew all the way through college and I was a back to the basket center in high school um just loved to run the court get easy layups and then really developed my three-point shot so I was a stretch four at Quinnipiac and then overseas also so love to shoot the three and play inside out that's super dope how tall are you now I'm six two yeah just about six two um grew like really late so grew through high school like grew my last like half inch through college too so definitely killing Tarka yeah <laughs> you, didn't have, you, didn't, you didn't have that Scotty Pippen growth spurt though no I mean that's a whole nother level <laughs> right oh that's great so I guess we'll kick off with the questions just you know to kind of um give a crap about your time um <laughs> right when, when you were playing young you talked about being a, a chunky point guard which i think all of us at one point were chunky <laughs> yeah, point guards totally. right what um did you always want to play in college like was that the, the the goal from day one no what's really funny is i was like a multi-sport athlete i grew up with my dad played college lacrosse i have a brother who's a year older than me who was a laxer hooper soccer player so we kind of i grew up playing everything i played beach volleyball tournaments um, I, I did everything. So I don't think I could have ever pinpointed playing one sport in college. Um, and then went to a, like a pretty, pretty good high school for women's basketball. Um, Redmond Catholic had some powerhouses yeah, teams in the, in the day. So I went in with the mindset of like, I remember asking my dad going in being like, you think I'll make the freshman team? And he was like, you know, like, I think you, sh you can just do your best. Like, you'll be fine. Um, and wound up yeah, I mean, I wound up making varsity and didn't really get a ton of playing time until um, 
my junior year. But I remember my sophomore year is when my high school coach was like, sat me down and was like, yo, like, do you really want to play college basketball? And I was like, do I want to play what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, yeah, there's like schools asking about you and stuff. I was like, for basketball? Wait, what? <laughs> like, didn't play AAU till late. Like, kind of didn't really figure that whole side out till late. So was lucky to play at a, a really good high school to get exposure that way. Wow. Listeners, did you hear that? She didn't play AAU, right? You could still make it. It was you wild, to... yeah. Like, he told me, he's like, you have to play AAU. And I was like, well, I play travel across and, like, have volleyball and stuff. And he was like, yeah, you have to play AAU. So I joined some, like, coach's choice team out of, like, we were called the East Brunswick Bears. I'm, it was horrible. Like, like <laughs> I love those girls, but I'm pretty sure none of them even, like, I don't even know if they all played high school basketball all four years. Like, I have oh, no wow. Yeah. And there was, like, six of us on the team, and we, like, would roll into a tournament, and you'd watch every college coach walk out of the gym. I was like, all right, sweet. This is cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, w- were there other players at Red Bank with you who were kind of bringing exposure, or Red Bank was just like that from an athletic perspective? So I played – so we were in the short conference, which my senior year we had – um, I believe it wound up being 20 D1 girls in just the conference. Wow. So every game we played, like we, we played ne- Neptune who had, you know, two girls that went to Rutgers and one who went to Pitt. Like we had every, there was, they were bringing people. So those games were good exposure for me. Um, I actually got super lucky. I got invited to um, some kind of player combine-esque thing that was like at City College in New York. I remember getting like the top 100 invite, whatever. Basically anyone who would pay could come essentially. And went there, and that's where I got my most exposure because they put me on a team. They like, I don't know if they did this on purpose or scuffed it, but they put all post players essentially on one team that was coached by Chuck Everson, who's a, a Nova guy. So he was like this big seven footer coaching all these big girls. And then he was like, Well, we need someone to like dribble the ball. <laughs> and he's like, That's going to be you. So that's when I like got the ball in my hands a little bit more. And that's when Mountain McGilvery, assistant at Quinnipiac, got a, got a peek at me there. Wow. Yeah. So com- so coming out of high school, um, you know, what what kind of were the schools that were looking at you the most or and how did you decide on Quinnipiac? So I was like a mostly mid-major kid. Um, I was recruited by like a decent amount of NEC and MAC school. So it was like um, Monmouth and Mount St. Mary's, Loyola. Um, right. And then I, I went to Fordham. I didn't really go on many visits. My dad was pretty awesome about it. Like he was like, listen, you're not getting super recruited. You're getting a couple interests. Let's sit down. He was like a city, he's like city, suburb, rural. We'll see one of each. We'll feel like, figure out a feel for each of the campus. I was like, not a city kid at the time, which like now I'm like, would love, love, love to live in the middle of Philly right now. Like absolutely love it. But then it's like, <laughs> so scared of my own shadow. I was like, no, I think I'm a suburb, suburb kind of girl. Um, went on a visit at Quinnipiac and it was like it was the easiest I loved the staff um, connected with them right away loved the girls the campus was gorgeous and I was like they were like we want to offer you and I was like oh let me think about that called like I think the next day and was like yeah I commit <laughs> wow yeah. pretty dope yeah. dope story I, I want to go back a little bit yeah. and this question is actually for everybody and Tarka this might be an alley for one of your little gems that you drop on here <laughs> but you mentioned being a um uh, a multi-sport athlete growing up yeah like pretty much the whole time right um is you know do you feel that players benefit more from being a multi-sport athlete or being a focused athlete like do you feel like you would have been you know at Rutgers or whatever one of the top, yeah. you know Mar- Maryland one of the top schools if you were focused on basketball the whole time or do you think that being a multi-sport athlete really is 
you know, the reason why you are where you are. So I have to think that being a multi-sport athlete is how I am who I am. Um, I think it helps. I think it personally helped me with burnout. I think I loved playing every sport. I was excited for a new season. I think my court vision was really good because I played soccer. I think my communication was good because I was a goalkeeper. Like all of that stuff, I think made me Sam Guastella. So I think for me, it worked. Do I think if I would have maybe been in the gym, like working out at hoop group and like getting skills better, could I have probably played at a higher level? I'd like to think so because going overseas, my game completely transformed when I put that much time into it. And I was a much different player than I was in college. Um, But I just think that, yeah, maybe I would have been more skilled, but I think my life, the way everything went, my basketball career, I wouldn't change it for a second. Yeah, I love that answer. Robin Tucker, I I want you guys take two though. I know Sam's a star, but I want want you guys like, are you in favor of multi-sport or focus sport as a kid? I think, I think as a kid, man, I think multi-sport, um, just because some, some sports translate and cross over. Um, plus, you, you're a kid, right? Like, let, let a kid be a kid until they, yeah. until they can get to that point where I would say about 12, 13, maybe, where they really want to focus in on one of those, but at least, you know, let them cast a wide net and see what really sticks and what really they excel at. Yeah, that's a fact. Talk what about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I think I, I lean towards multi-sport athletes just because there's so many pros to that. You know, you just exactly like Sam said, I mean, she, she hit the answer on the head. You know, you have different skill sets for different sports um, and, and they could all help you to excel in one sport at the end of the day. Um, but I, I mean, I just think I just think that when you're growing up, um, it's good to it's good to kind of be happy in different sports. Like, look, don't get me wrong. If you if you hate playing all sports except for one sport, then go ahead. You know, th- then there could right. be some sort of um, skill set perfecting benefit to putting more time in the gym. But I, I would typically lean towards multi-sport athletes. Wow. Good stuff. All right, so moving along, we're right back at Quin- uh, Quinnipiac. Tell us about your experience there. Like, tell me about your career. Like, yeah, um, all that. It was awesome. I like look back at it kind of like it was a movie a little bit. Um, Ooh, I, I walked definitely I with a freshman class of just studs, and we were like a total. We clicked. We basically complemented each other perfectly. So. Um, Boo Abshire walked in in our class, and she uh, she was a rock star. So she's point guard, comes in. She's like, you know, almost five, maybe she's 5'10", thick girl, strong with the ball. She wound up by her senior year leading the nation assist to turnover ratio in the NCAA. Like, stud. So I got to play with just some incredible players where we walked in as freshmen. We got a, a lot of time. A lot of us came off the, right off the bench. Boo started all four years. Our sophomore year, so we wound up losing in, like, the second round of the um, conference tournament my freshman year really pissed off about it came in we like put up a picture of us losing like a picture of our faces crying after a loss in the locker room sophomore year came in undefeated in the conference won the championship first team to go to the NCAA tournament from beast mode yeah turned up just like super fun got to play our first round of the tournament at Maryland against Maryland like you know hit a bunch of shots in the first half right with them most of the game super fun experience like incredible same thing, wow. and then changed conferences junior year. Um, wound up going over to the MAC, getting to play Marist. Wound up making it to a championship that year. Lost, blew a 19-point lead to Marist, and uh, lost the championship junior year. Devastated, and then got another chance at it senior year. Another undefeated season in the MAC. 
won and beat Maris in the championship and got redemption senior year. You guys were lights. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. And then we went out and played um, at Stanford. First round, we played Oklahoma. Dropped a ton of points on them, but couldn't stop them. Um, wound up uh, losing there, and that was kind of that was the end of my Quinnipiac career. But I had an incredible two event. rings. Yeah, two rings. Um, just had the best, like had the best coaching staff. Connected with them so well. Took like they developed me to another level. I came in like, you know, getting a few minutes and and getting and getting some good reps by just being a, just a workhorse. I was just all over the floor, like trying to block shots, doing my thing. And then by my senior year, just knocking down threes and really involved in the offense and got to be a captain and help lead the team. Yo, that's absolutely amazing. So which one of those was, was your... I got I got a call. Oh, I cut out a little bit. Yeah, so which one of those was your favorite experience or, or moment? So I think I have this, like, awesome moment. It was my sophomore year. It was the first championship we won. We got to play the game on our home court. They stormed the court for us. Um, and there's just like this moment of, and I have it on film and it's like one of my favorite things to look back at. And it's my dad like hugging me and he's like crying and I'm crying. And he says in my ear and he's like, this is everything you worked for since you started. And Aww. I'm just like, ah, oh, chills every time. I'm like, girl, dad, he crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the best. And I look back at that with like confetti around me with all my teammates and that just you got it. If you have a picture or even a clip of that video, definitely share that with us. We'll share it on our on our Instagram. Um, yeah, I do. I have a great little clip of that. That's awesome. So um, fast forward a little bit after Quinnipiac, uh, you know, when did you realize you wanted to pursue going overseas? And, and what was that process like for you? So that was another like really funny process because I so I was a health science major kind of nerdy in college like love school super academic and was like all right I guess I'm gonna start interviewing for jobs maybe I'll go into like medical sales device sales I think would be really cool and then got an invite to come down to the final four which was hosted at Tampa that year to go play um at the combine and I was like well that sounds cool I guess I'll go do that had no idea that was an option all right so went down there um did pretty well got picked up by um an agent out in Germany who wound up hooking me up with a, a job out in Luxembourg. Um, so it all kind of happened super quick because I honestly knew nothing about overseas basketball. I knew nothing about the next level. I didn't know how many leagues there were in all the different countries. I had no idea. Um, so she kind of got me up to speed on that. And then I got my first contract in Luxembourg and had just like a whirlwind of a season, but wound up being like just so much fun. Like lost a bunch of games in the beginning of my season had my coach who like barely spoke English tell me like, if you don't get it together, we're going to make decisions like four minutes before the game. I'm like, okay, good. So I'm crying. I'm like sobbing in a locker room, like trying to call my dad. Like, I think I'm going to get sent home. <laughs> like, um, and he's like, well, who cares? Just go shoot and take care of the ball and get it done. Keep your job. I'm like, all right, that's, I guess I got to go do that. I wound up having a great game at my job. So <laughs> easy enough. Yeah. I was like, I right, dropped 30. That was fun. Let's keep this going. <laughs> Um, no, but wound up, and then we wound up actually winning a cup championship that, that year. So got to win a, um, an overseas chip, which was pretty fun. Um, and then did that another, I did three total years in Luxembourg and did uh, like part of a season in Australia. So when you were in Luxembourg, you mentioned earlier, you were like, you know, when you were able to spend that much time on your game, you saw it yeah. evolve crazy. Like I myself played overseas. So I remember like even Rob knows Rob and I played together in college. 
And when I went overseas, I was a totally different player. Like, I could dribble, I could shoot. He, he's uh-huh. like, where the hell does that come from, right? But when you have 24 uh-huh. hours to just work on your game, um, and that's all you have to focus on, you see a big change, yeah. right? So with all that being said, um, A, which year overseas was your best year? Um, and, and B, mm-hmm. would you say you were a... Um, this is kind of an obvious answer, but I kind of want you to go into detail. A better player in Luxembourg or at Quinnipiac? Yeah, so um, with the system that we played at Quinnipiac, it worked amazing for us. We had our point guard who just took the care of the ball. So I would, like, snatch a rebound down, out with the ball, fill lanes, you know, get inside touches or shoot the three. And then it's, like, my first game overseas, and I, like, pull a rebound. Everyone runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> and then my coach is, like, dribble, dribble. I'm, like, I, me? <laughs> That's a so fact. Like, so I'm, then I, like, started working on my ball like, a little bit more. Was, like, totally free with bringing the ball up, pulling out my own shot. Like, I had to learn how to create my own shot. I didn't have people setting content screens for me or having to sit in the paint because there was another post player that they had to respect. So it was a, a big challenge at first to be able to get my shot off um, and find a way to be productive, which just turned into tons of hours in the gym, just working on my footwork, working on being comfortable with the ball in my hand anywhere on the court, um, connecting with players that not don't necessarily speak like super fluid English on the court, which I'm sure, I mean, you understand yeah, that. Right. But yeah, but I saw my games transform completely, which was kind of funny because like fast forward to this past year coaching um, with Mountain, he was like, I was practicing with the girls and he's like, you were a completely different player since Quinnipiac. And it, we like both laughed about it. And I was like, yeah, because I didn't just jog up the court and shoot. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that, I, I love those stories. Um, I, I remember even like when I first got overseas, I think the first play they put in was like some pick and roll play. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like, so who am I setting this screen for? You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's like, yeah. nah, like you're, you're, you're the one handling the ball. Like he's gonna set a screen for you. And I'm like, what? I, I felt. And where do I go? Yeah, with like what? Yeah. What even happens, right? I felt like I you got a chance to recreate yourself as a player. It was almost like, like you were living a lie for a brief stint. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny stuff. And we did everything like left foot pivot in college, so everything was with my left foot down. But then overseas, like I just everything was a travel. If you did a go move, so it was trying to fine-tune my game to basically like crossover step everywhere and all of that which was took a little bit of time so but. what made you stop playing um so i'm like super close to my family a i um am like i said i'm we're pretty academic um kind of wanted to get a master's it was always like in my back pocket of something i wanted to do and then my last season in luxembourg um i was just in a point where i was like all right like I've done this. I really enjoy it. But what's next? Like, I, I want to establish kind of my career and figure out what's next. And then just kind of mountain saving the day again, picks up the phone and calls me to see how things are going. And I'll never forget. It. I was like walking into a semifinal playoff game. And he's like, hey, have you thought about next year? And I was like, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about like the next 20 minutes, but sure. Let's talk about next year. Um, he's like, I just got the head coaching job at LaSalle in Philly and Mountain is a West Philly guy. Um, so it was just like, that's his dream to coach in the big five. Um, and he was like, I really just want you on staff. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Let's figure that out. And then I wound up calling him back and was like, I really want a master's. I've always wanted my MBA. Is there any way to, we can do that? And he was like, I'll have you on as a grad assistant. Um, but you can like help with nutrition and conditioning and stuff too while getting your MBA. Um, so it was just kind of like 
fell into my lap essentially um and I was just so excited to be because Mountain is just I mean he gave me my start he gave me an opportunity to play college basketball and he took care of me for four years so I would have followed him to Alaska to take a job he just (laughs) meant so much to me so I was really excited to be able to be on his staff that's huge insert Insert Tarka jam about connections and. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you you beat me to it. I was just ahead, about bro. to chime in. For all our <laughs> listeners, man, we talk about relationships, relationships, relationships. Um, if you didn't catch on to some of the names that that Sam's been dropping, so uh, Mountain is is the head coach that she just mentioned at LaSalle, but he also happened to be. The first person that uh, she built a relationship with when she was at that camp uh, in New York in high school. Um, so she she had years of this relationship with a coach who she developed a genuine trust for, right? And 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 vice versa, yeah. right? And then some of some of uh, you know which you'll probably get into later. But coming full circle with relationships, like it doesn't stop at one person. Uh, another assistant coach on staff happens to be. Uh, a teammate that she talked about before, Boo, the point guard from from uh, her college years, right? So relationships are literally everything. Absolutely. I mean, I always say that to my my current my current players now that we'll talk about. They ask for advice. They don't know what they want to do with their life. Like what? Like what? Are you, what? What do you, what do you think I should do? And I always say, I'm like, listen, I never knew what I wanted to do. I knew I always got good grades. It was something that was important to me. I worked hard. But for me, I always said it's I care about people and I care about the reactions that they have after I walk away. So if I interact with them, I want them to walk away and say like that was an overall good experience. I enjoyed talking to her. I feel positive after that. And I think if everyone can kind of work that way and still stay in contact with more people, so many doors open. 100%. Yeah. Gems all Gem. over. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So, all right, so you, you're done coach or you're done playing. You have an opportunity to coach. Um, walk us yeah. through some of the difficulties of, of that transition or or the easies of, of the transition, right? Just tell us about yeah. um, kind of your experience going from playing to coaching. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, as a former player, I'm sure you understand. It's like you go from your whole life being basketball to, well, for me too, I was like thrown back into grad school. So I'm like taking four classes. I haven't been in school in forever. I think back on my like playing pro days and it's like, wake up, eat, exercise, nap, eat, nap, <laughs> work out, go to sleep. Yeah. And my mom would always be like, have you read something today? <laughs> right. like, and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to take macroeconomics and <laughs> smash that. So the, the school adjustment was hard at first, um, but I, I got acclimated to that quickly. Not playing as much um, as a grad assistant, you're not allowed to practice with the team. So that was kind of hard for me. Um, trying to get the ball in my hand I found myself like getting shots up after practice and I was like okay well but I missed it I definitely missed it but um loved being around that staff and adjusting to being able to see my family a little bit more I mean they're from central Jersey so they're only about an hour and a half away so getting to see them on a little bit more regular basis people that spoke English again like in coffee shops (laughs) that stuff was really fun but moving from like the richest country in the eu that's just like most gorgeous place ever and targa had visited me out there so i'm sure he can attest to that super pretty and then you know yep. get thrown in, thrown into north philly it's not quite the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but definitely was really fun to explore a new city um but it just came with a lot of t- like you know you're not making much money and you're you're not living in the prettiest place ever and you and it's you're not getting taken care of the same way um, so definitely an adjustment, but I think it made me, you know, that grind is what kept me going. 
Beautiful. All right, so with all that being said, that yeah. transition, okay, what if someone is, whether they're going from playing like you were or just aspiring to be a coach, right? Maybe they just got finished getting whatever coaching license they went to. I don't know. What advice would you give mm-hmm. them in regards to, like, A, finding the opportunity, but B, once they get the opportunity, um, like, developing as a coach, right? So, like, when we're playing basketball, it's pretty simple, right? You want to get better at shooting, you shoot. You want to get better That's at dribbling, awesome. yeah. you go dribble. Um, but for coaching, I know it's quite different. What advice would you give someone who's aspiring to be a coach or a current coach, maybe at the level that you're at, um, and looking to work their way, work their way up? Yeah, I mean, I think Tarka's kind of hit the nail on the head with the connections thing um, in coaching, especially like anything else. It's just who you know, how to get a foot in the door, someone that trusts you, um, wants you on staff. So for me, yeah, Mountain gave me my start in coaching and I got my foot in the door. And then I grinded that year and did all, you know, rebounded extra for the girls, did what I could, helped with individuals when I could. Um, and then wound up, we um, had an assistant that left and got the assistant position at uh, Princeton. So there was an opening and I got, I got to be the assistant last year. So that was kind of how I moved up, um, studying the game, watching as much as you can watch film, ask questions, have mentors, uh, from different teams, from different conferences, like be able to pick people's brains, not just from the conference that you're, you aspire to coaching, oh, wow. you know, um, and be, and be open to not being exactly where you want to be right when you're starting. I think, you know, so many of us have in your head, you're like, I want to be the next Coach K. And you're like, okay, well, we're going to have to start as the LaSalle, LaSalle Dope right. or you know, <laughs> the Quinnipiac GA. Maybe that's how you get maybe, your start. Maybe work this um, damn summer camp. <laughs> right, right. Right. Or, or right. seven of them. Right. And just know that and, and be good about um, keeping up with your contacts. Like, I, I really try to reach out to my people and I think that's one thing I can say I pride myself on is is reaching out to my people when things are good, when things are bad, just checking in and being, hey, thinking of you, like, how is XYZ, like, what's going on, how's the family, just shooting that quick text or that email, LinkedIn message, whatever it is, to just kind of keep my connections and make, take care of my people. Um, so people know, like, hey, she's loyal, she loves her people, and she's going to take care of them, and I want to work with her, or I want to help her get her next job. That's huge. And, and, and you know just to show people that it's not transactional because it's so easy um to 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 know when people are reaching out when they need something and yeah, that's it totally. right you know so so really checking in all people and just showing that it's not transactional and 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 uh making sure they're good when things are going well but also when things are, go- are, are not going well and that, that's really what builds those those general uh general relationships or yeah. genuine relationships excuse me so i i have one question about recruiting sure. a little bit so obviously you went through the, repro- the through that process as a player um and now coming back full circle um you, you're you're recruiting yourself and i like to tell people that although i was never a college coach you know I, i'm familiar with the recruiting process and college recruiting is very similar to the way that i recruit in terms of um you know how much weight i put on outside actual skill set so can you touch on that a little bit on maybe what you look for in your like when you're on the road sure recruiting? yeah i mean um, i'm always like i get in the gym and you're always have someone you're looking for you know in particular maybe or you're not and i i think for me a big thing is body language because um there's so many skilled players out there and there's so many kids that you know oh like their body type is great you know they got great hops they got this they got that 
But for me, I know what kind of kid I was and I was not the most skilled, but I was a just I was gonna work my butt off. I was gonna be good to my teammates. I was gonna look my coach in the eye and shake and nod my head and like when they're addressing me. Things like that. Those are the little things that you're def I'm definitely looking for as a coach because those are the kids I wanna coach. I wanna coach the kid that says, yeah. Yes coach, no coach, gotcha like and isn't, you know, shaking their head at the ref and throwing their hands up everything every time every time something Preach. doesn't go their way. Um, so that's for me is like a huge thing I'm looking for. But I mean, obviously you're looking for a skill set, but I'm always looking for, does this kid make my team better? Is this kid going to make my current player fight for their spot next year? And that's, that's, that's what I'm always looking for. I'm like, that's I look at one. this kid and I'm like, okay, is my current point guard going to sweat it when this kid comes in or think that their life is cake? So that's my major. That's definitely what I'm, my main thing I'm looking at. I have a random question. So Tarka, can, can you represent like women's basketball? Or are there rules there? I don't yeah. Know. Are you, yeah. Sam, are you yeah. going to slide talk to some talent or what? <laughs> we talk about it all the time. I'm, we talk I'm about it all the really time. That in the future that that will be, that'll be my connect that I can say, well, I got a guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, think like, like we talked about, it, it's, it's a little bit different of a network. Um, you know, just the same as, you know, someone asked me, Hey, can you represent a, a, this football player? Well, yeah, of course I can. Um, you know, but I don't, I, I can't call the, the, yeah. the GM of the Jets and, 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 you know, tell them I got a great player. So same thing with overseas and, you know, men's and women's organizations. So it's a little bit different, but, um, but hopefully that uh, it, it's close enough of a, of a comparable that, you know, I'll be able to do that in the future. No, that's pretty cool. So, um, Sam, what, what's like next for you? Um, besides coaching or have you kind of tapped into the desire for coaching where you see yourself being the next I don't know big coach Muffin, Muffin or Don, Muffet Don yeah um, there well, you go for me, so I've always thought I would like coaching it's something for me that I was like I think I could be good at it I think I connect well with the players um, would connect well with players I also know that like getting my MBA was something important to me and I always thought that would be something I'd want to explore. So last summer I actually interned with the 76ers um, in business operations to try to get some experience there and wound up liking it. Um, but I think what I'm most looking forward to, I graduate um, in August with my MBA. So for me, I'm just most looking for this this coming year to just be able to focus all my energy into coaching um, and really like love up the kids and, and get in the gym extra and not have to worry about school also. Um, so for me right now, the, the short term goal is coaching and I want to throw myself into that and see where it takes me. Um, hopefully win lots of games, get some championship experience and, and see how that goes. Um, but that's all I'm really focused on right now is just being the best version of Coach Sam that I can be. Oh, that's really cool. Coach Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have a do you have a um, do you have a favorite a favorite player? Uh, I mean, like NBA player we're talking? Um or, or WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I college, whatever. Like, absolutely loved um, Elena Deladon when I saw her play. Actually, she played in a tournament that I was playing in in high school, and thought she was just like incredible that she could handle and shoot and do everything at her size was just like incredible to me. Um, yeah, she's yeah. Tough. And I grew up like a, absolutely being obsessed with Jason Kidd to like like insane like like was a huge <laughs> like went to watch That's right. Valentine's Day with a sign that was like this kid loved that kid like loved him. 
Um, so that's like was my grow up. And I, like wanted to be Jason Kidd, which is comedy because like play nothing like him. Probably play more like a jerk. Let's be real, but like yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> you, um, what's your take on? I gotta ask because you're the first ever. Insert another hand clap. <laughs> woman, women's basketball professional or woman at all on, on the podcast. But I gotta ask, what's your thoughts on? the WNBA um, salaries, uh, the state of women's basketball, yeah. like just that whole thing, the development of women's <laughs> basketball. I, I know girls who play basketball who oddly like aren't even in favor of women's basketball, if that yeah. makes sense. No, Do you I've understand what that. I'm saying? Yeah. That, that yeah. strangeness in my life also. <laughs> um, I love it. I'm excited for the game to grow. <laughs> I love what Sabrina Nesk is doing for it. I love seeing what Kobe was doing for it. Like that still was just, I mean, hearing him talk about how excited he was for his daughter to grow into that was just like, you know, now is just heartbreaking. But seeing what yeah. he was doing for the game and seeing more people step up and more NBA players step up and support them is just so exciting for me. I'm like just dying to see what the league will be like in another five to 10 years and see how it keeps growing. Um, I mean, I grew up like loving it, like loving Becky Hammond and, and watching the Liberty and like loving that. But um, I'm just excited. Yeah, I think like seeing the draft be so much more viewed now and, and how that's yeah. going. So I just hope it keeps going in the right direction. I love it. Dream of a job in the WNBA? Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. Like who wouldn't want to work? That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Super yeah. dope. Guys. Yeah. Do you- do you Soon to all come. have Soon any to come. other questions? We're about to get into the tough ones, Sam. So just oh, get God. ready. Does anybody have any questions? Any other questions for Sam before we get into? We gotta throw you some controversial questions as well. Yeah. Um, nope. Oh goodness. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Go for it. How do you feel about NCAA players getting paid? All right, hold on, hold on. So listen. <laughs> no, no. This guy's no, always, this always just, it doesn't matter what yeah, kind of guest so we have Rob on this has show. this thing where he uh, w- walks you into <laughs> trying to get fired from your job, right? So just answer this question as best as you know you're allowed to. That's politically It's correct. a great question. So here's, here's my answer to that is I played college basketball where I was not paid and then I played overseas where I was paid. And the intensity and the passion of players playing was completely different. And when no one was paid, that was just some of the toughest games I've ever played in with everyone on the same page. So that's all I'm going to really go into about that. Do I think that players are essentially working a full-time job in college? Yes, I do. But um, yeah, I just think, I just think that would change. That could have the potential to change, change the dynamic of the game. Oh, I never thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Sound I never thought about yeah. people playing different when they know that their teammate is getting maybe paid more or that everyone's paid and up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great, yeah. great answer. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Rob, do you have anything else? <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm um, nervous. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I'll take it easy. I, I would say um, we oftentimes rank, you know, uh. top 10 best players or top five. Let's let's get a little twist to it. Who are your top five? Uh, your top five best female basketball players of all time? Oh gosh, all time. Top three. Um, you can do top three. 
So here's the thing that for me is hard because I grew up not like really, like I, I watched the end of the WNBA when it was first starting, but I wasn't like really fully into it. So I'm going to just go for like. <laughs> yeah, what does this sound like, like guys? Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Man, I never grew up watching the game or like really, really yeah, getting for, into like, it until exactly. I mean, college I and after college. If my dad had it on, but I wasn't like. Who's that dad and how good is he compared to his past players? Like, <laughs> you know, like, so for, yeah, right? Like, and how many championships? What's his assist to turnover ratio? In? Yeah, no, that wasn't me. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think, I just like, I think maybe because I just love her game so much. I love Elena. Um, I love Liv, uh, Liz Cambage. Like, I think she's incredible. She's a beast in the post. Like, I'm just, I think she's the one of the most fun players to watch. Her energy, I mean, she's nuts, and her energy is so fun. Um, I mean, I think that Sabrina's going to be incredible. So, I know she's not in the league yet, but I think she's going to be an absolute rock yeah. star to watch. Yeah. She's definitely going to transcend the women's basketball, I mean, for sure. If she hasn't already. The board, like, she's incredible. Like, Yeah. So I think I, she's, I guess she's the one I'm the most excited for, if that is not your question, but that's my answer. Yeah, I'll take it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I, I, have, I have one last question. This will be my last question, yeah. right? So to not be biased in regards to women's basketball, men, NBA, and we, we fight about this so often, and by we, I mean me and Rob, because Tarka rolls his eyes every time we get started. <laughs> Kobe LeBron. Men's basketball. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, we'll do that. I was going to ask you your top five men ever, but no, screw that. Let's get into the gritty, grimy uh, Kobe or Braun. You have 30 seconds to answer. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, oh, gosh. I'm going to get killed for this. Um, I'm going to say Kobe. Oh, I thought she was going to say LeBron, but she said she was going to get killed I, for that, it. That, like, hurts my soul a little bit, too, because I am a huge, huge LeBron fan also. Uh, so why do you say Kobe? I just, I feel like because I didn't get, I didn't fully understand what he was capable of and what he was doing until I've now as an adult have looked back and watched and like dissected more of his games and seen what he was able to do. Um, and just like, just the level that he played at at all times, which is so hard to say because I feel like LeBron does the same thing. But, yeah. But I just think, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get I think it. He was just incredible. So I'm going to give it to Kobe. All right. With that being said, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Sam, you, you are a pleasure to have. Um, thank you for answering our questions so diligently. Did Tarka send you these before? They, they were the smoothest answered questions. All right, all right, cool. I cool, gave cool. Either I way, gave either way, up. they were answered beautifully and elegantly, as they should. Um, being the first woman ever on the Hoop Chatter podcast, we thank you so much. Oh, I'm honored. Your, Thanks. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for, for your time. Good luck in your career in coaching, um, as well as congrats on an awesome career in playing. Um, it was just super inspirational. I'm like up pacing back and forth. <laughs> you got me hyped telling your overseas stories and high school basketball stories and college stories yeah. being recruited and stuff. So beautiful stuff. Um, everyone, listen, if you want to... Oh, Sam, tell us where we can find you. Tell the audience where they can find you on IG. We'll lobby some followers. We have a whopping 110 followers. Oh, so man. <laughs> we'll yeah. lend you a couple, you know what I mean? If I you need one or two. Turn your phone on IG. silent. Just All right. Sam Guastella. 
So just first and last name, pretty simple girl. How do you, how do you spell that? It's, because we had a spelling issue okay. last <laughs> guest. So Sam, and then my last name is Guastella, G-U-A-S-T-E-L-L-A. Awesome, Sam Guastella. Yes. Are you the only Sam Guastella in the whole world? Because our last guest. Um, hilariously, I believe I have like a very distant cousin in New York who is also named Sam Guasella, which is hilarious. Um, wow. Which I found out like last week. So yeah, there is another one, <laughs> but not on social media. Yeah. Right. That would be the first we gotta, time I'd we gotta get her on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Family reunion episode twenty-two. <laughs> Now nah, that's great. So listen, everyone, uh, shoot Sam Wistella a follow on IG at Sam Wistella. Obviously, shoot us a follow at Hoop Chatter Podcast on IG. Help us get over 110 followers, Woo-hoo! right? <laughs> um, also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and every major podcast platform. Once again, I'm Art Morrison III, here with my boys Kevin Tarka, and Rob McPherson, and very special first woman ever on the podcast, Sam Guastella. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll chat later. Peace.